My guest today is comedian, screenwriter, great Twitter dude, and host of the TV show podcast, Jay Black. You know, a lot of you folks have said that this show can be a little depressing sometimes, that we're a little ponderous occasionally, and there's a bit of doom and gloom. Well, hopefully today, Jay and I will have some smart-ass time to bring a little more levity uh, to the current apocalypse. There was also maintained what was called an enemy's list. Democrats want Republicans dead. I could stand in the middle of Fifth Avenue and shoot somebody. The women with the least likelihood of getting pregnant are the ones most worried about having abortions. On January 6th of 2021, you had tens of thousands of people peacefully protesting. You're the president of the United States. You can declassify just by saying um, it's declassified. It's not a right-wing conspiracy theory. It's not QAnon. It's real. (laughs) I'm Rick Wilson, and this is the enemies list. Jay, welcome to the show. I'm glad you're on the enemies list today. Thank you so much for coming on. Rick, thank you for having me. And number one, how could anything involving you have too much glue? (laughs) Nothing but joy when you talk. I'm a fucking ray of sunshine, bro. (laughs) And here's all I'm going to say. Uh, I don't even know what you want to talk about today. I mean, no, did man. anything really even happen no, we're just, for us to discuss? It's, it's been so quiet. I mean, it really has. I, yeah. I, you know, I, I I went out to California this week and give a speech and do a couple, couple donor things. And, and you yeah. know, it just, I, I came back. I knew it was going to be a quiet weekend. And, you know, last night it played <laughs> along. Fate was conspiring with me to just, like, let me chill all day today. I was never on the phone at all. I didn't have to no. go on TV a bit. You know, you know, you know who I feel really bad for Don Jr.'s dealer, Skeeter, Skeeter, his independent pharmaceutical rep. Yeah, his independent pharmaceutical rep. That guy had a weekend planned. He got a call and he just had to drop everything. Right. He was like, all right, I got the next three days for you, Jr. We'll take care. (laughs) He's like bringing a U-Haul, a blow up (laughs) up to Jupiter, Florida every afternoon. I need more. Oh my God. Donnie though, man, that, that clip of Don Jr. He's looking at a combination yeah. of crying and rolling hard because. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. No, as somebody who spent a lot of time in comedy clubs, I have seen pharmaceutically altered people. No way. Th- yeah. I'm going to tell you something. <laughs> this guy looked like the night before rehab. He had every color on his face except human. <laughs> And you know, I I feel, you know, he's got that Kendall Roy, but not smart vibe rolling. And yeah. uh, every time, every time I look at him, I can't help but feel just a little sad because he's the one that's most desperate for, for Don Sr.'s approval. Oh, and it's just God. never coming. Daddy's never going to love you. I mean, he's just never, never going to love you. Um, yeah. Uh, you know, the whole, the whole, the whole, like, like. It's shit. It's it's Mao. It's 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 Pol Pot. It's the same thing as Stalin. I'm like, bitch. Your history's got as many holes in it as your septum. My God. <laughs> so well. So listen. I mean, yes. uh, obviously, this in, the, this indictment thing has been eating up everybody's brain space the last couple of days. One hundred percent. And and you know, it strikes me though that it's like one of the things about Trump is he's always been a wellspring of humor. He's always been something where you can just, the, the ability of this guy, it's always baffled me that a walking joke has ascended to such a level, but man, that you can, he's like an, when he's gone someday, it's going to be a much like more, it's going to be a much less like instant source of, of riffs and lines that it's, there's nothing, anything like it. 
No, like no, no one is it like no one has ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think it's. It, I think there's two parts of that. The, the first part is there is a lot of joy if you are someone that likes to poke fun from a distance, which I think you and I are similar in that vein. Yeah. That there's a lot of uh, uh, fun to be poked there. But I also think that that's the insidious beauty of what he's managed to do mm-hmm. is by looking like such adult. Like he creates the permission structure for all this stuff, the racism, the anti-Semitism, all of the gross things. It's like the Trojan horse, you know, and by the way, it's the only time Trump has ever used Trojans. Um, (laughs) The the Trojan horse that allows all of that evil in is his buffoonery. Right. So it is fun to poke from a distance and it's going to be sad a little bit when it's gone, when it's just like regular evil, like DeSantis. Right. Um, But basic uh, bitch, Ugg boot evil. (laughs) Uh, uh, Cinnamon latte. Pumpkin uh, spice latte evil. Pumpkin spice latte (laughs) evil. Yeah. I I like Trump rolling in with a, give me everything on this latte uh, versus uh, just the pumpkin spice. But yeah, uh, it's, it's interesting because when he disappears for just a little bit, Mm-hmm. Uh, it does feel a little bit less fun on Twitter. It feels a little bit less fun in yeah. the social uh, spaces because uh, the 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 tra- clown show that travels with him is is just a joy to make fun of. It's weird because most Americans came to know him on The Apprentice, which they did not understand was a comedy show. <laughs> they did not understand yeah. it was a fucking comedy. Uh, but then when they but then when he took to Twitter, it really shaped. I mean, look, it shaped our culture. It shaped our our news, it shaped our comedy for for like almost the last eight years now. And even yeah. though he's been off Twitter for a year and a half, he's sort of lurking in the distance and he's the number one topic of conversation on the hell site every day. Always. I mean, Always. We, we, it's, it's inescapable. But what do you think about, I mean, what do you, what do you think it's going to be like when he comes back to Twitter though, man? That's going to be a, that's going to be a shit show. Well, you know, it's going to be interesting because he's going to come back to Twitter just as Elon has finished uh, killing Twitter. Right. So it'll it'll be him returning to it. It'll be just like, uh, you know, uh, him going to one of the slums that his dad owned, <laughs> returning to a place just as it's being. Why condemned. are all these people roasting rats over open <laughs> fires? <laughs> yeah. And uh, oh, there's Stephen Miller over there uh, and he's not his his rats raw. But uh, yeah, it. There, there's a, there's, it's, I refer to it as rat sushi cuck. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, every once in a while, I'll see a cuck in the wild, like an actual, like, <laughs> not, not, not a cuck like I'm seeing it happen, but like right. someone will use that to attack me. And it's like, oh, look, 2016 showed up. Right. You say hello. Yeah. What an right. insult. Uh, well, yeah, you're, no, you're it, Peppy the Frog, Avi, really intimidates me. <laughs> I the the uh, I would not be surprised if there is not a back channel from Elon to Trump oh, saying I, I, like, I, "Hey, I, I'm pretty desperate for you to come back here. Yeah. I need this because you know it's two giant piles of failure that need each other, Twitter and Trump." Right. Uh, it, it 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 is. I think Elon may have had in his head this idea that Trump, once he got his account approved, would come back on. And right. I think Trump is using it. Well, first off, I think that truth social bullshit has got him locked down somehow or another with yep. some very nasty contract clause that's keeping him off. But at some point, he's just going to say, burn it all down and come back. I mean, right. and, and but, but, but in the meantime, Elon is taking away every single aspect of Twitter that makes it even vaguely appealing. Even, even if you're like a, an aficionado of like radioactive Mad Max hellscapes, um, it's still like now becoming much worse. Than, than even yeah. that. 
Well, by the way, the guy who crafted the truth social contract clause, I guess the only good lawyer that has ever worked for Trump because right? I, I mean, to, how good a clause does that have to be to stop him from coming back to Twitter? Right. Um, but, it would be like yeah. Don Jr. crashed his plane somewhere in Bolivia, like into a Coke processing <laughs> warehouse, and he just sat quietly with his hands folded on his lap saying, I shall await rescue. Yeah, so I, this, you know what? I promised myself I wouldn't do it this weekend. I have the strength. I'm not going to do it. Uh, but yeah, it's the the uh, Twitter itself. As somebody, I came back in 2020. I got off in 2016. Okay. I came back in 2020 uh, for the election, and I stuck around because you know if you work hard, you can build a Twitter that works for you. Sure, you follow the oh, people I that you like. You hate follow some people. Elon came in and just took a torch to. All of that. Yep. And uh, yeah, I, you know, I made a joke last night. I said, well, you know, if Twitter disappears, at least we got one indictment together. Right. Know, the thing <laughs> we've been waiting for as a group we got. Right. But I don't know if it stays. I mean, it, Trump would be a thing that would help save it. So I, yeah. I could see some, you know, if, if Elon just gave him $1 billion, Trump would be an actual billionaire. Think about Right. That. For the first time. It'd be nice. For, for the, the first, first time, time in his whole ever. life. That would be so Ever. nice. If I mean, Elon the, did that for him. Donnie, Donnie's best gig he's ever had has been this email fundraising grift that he runs off the MAGAs. And, yeah. But that, that would be like an actual payment. And shit, that's rounding error for Elon. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, it's a, a, that a billion dollar investment in Trump coming over. Just buy Truth Social, Elon. I don't want right. to give you business acquire, advice. Acquire the fucking thing and let Trump right. and let Trump loose. And just let them, and it'll save your site maybe through this election cycle if you can't, you know, no matter how hard you mess it up, people will be attracted to Trump being lunacy on it, yeah. lunatic on he, it. He, he is like a singularity of, of, of crazy and people can't look away. I mean, it's yeah. funny because like the indictment this week, I keep telling people, it's like Trump's in heaven right now. This is the yes. greatest thing. This is the greatest week he's had since he left the, the Oval Office. This is the greatest week he's had probably since he got elected the first time. This guy is in heaven. The spotlight is yeah. on him. Everybody's talking about him. Nobody can shut up about him. I mean, it, no, it's astounding. Support for Rick Wilson's The Enemies List comes from Odoo. If you feel like you're wasting time and money with your current business software or just want to know what you could be missing, then you need to join the millions of other users who switched to Odoo. Odoo is the affordable, all-in-one management software with a library of fully integrated business applications that help you get more done in less time for a fraction of the price. To learn more, visit odoo.com slash Wilson. That's O-D-O-O dot com slash Wilson. Odoo, modern management made simple. Nothing drives me more nuts than those uh, thirsty Trump is uh, sweating in his pants right now. Trump is shitting oh, his pants oh, right now. Oh, for fuck's well, sake, right? He is, but not because he's nervous. It's right. Because that's he's, just regular. You know, unable to. That's because his. Yeah. That's because his depends valet has not rushed into the room on time. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> his his Adderall has so dilated his asshole. He has no control <laughs> over that organ anymore. But it's not because he's afraid of anything. He he's an all attention is good attention kind of guy. Right. And that's not going away anytime. Oh soon. no, that, that he he grew up with that. Like he was wired into the good attention, bad attention doesn't matter. Um, right. That's from that whole like page six New York like uh, gossip culture that was really huge in the seventies and eighties when he was coming up. And, and right. he doesn't care. Oh yeah, you found the dead hooker in my trunk. Fuck it. I, you know what? That, that's not my hooker. I would have had a much <laughs> more attractive one. And right. she might have still I, been dead, but I would have had a harder know, one. And, you know, here's the thing. It worked for him. 
it, 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 he rode bad attention to the presidency. He yeah. rode bad attention mm-hmm. to a whole bunch of boomers knowing exactly who he is. Yeah. And I don't, he does, there's no concept for him of embarrassment. I think I, I, I read a, I think it was uh, uh, Ron Johnson wrote an interesting thing about uh, public shaming. Mm-hmm. And the one thing that will stop you from uh, receiving any kind of backlash is not being ashamed of your public shaming. Right. And that's what Trump's life is, is zero shame right. for anything that he's ever right. done. No, that's for, that's for sure. So you do a lot of, you do a lot of comedy. You do a lot of stand up yes. out in the world, out in the red States. In the what, regular what, world. What has it felt like in the last couple of years out there with him sort of hovering in the background, but, but never, never quite disappearing and never quite being where he was in terms of yeah. like shaping our whole culture. I'm actually I'm going down to South Carolina for the week after Easter. I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, yeah, Myrtle Beach, baby. Myrtle Come Beach, yes. Yeah. <laughs> hey, uh, real quick, I, the last movie I did, I shot in Myrtle Beach in July. I'm so and, sorry. Oh uh, yeah, I know, but it took place in the Northeast in October, so I had all these people in sweater vests and oh stuff. My God. I almost. Killed an entire cast of lifetime <laughs> regulars with heat stroke. It, I mean, people come out of the Congo going, it's a little hot here. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I'm going down to South Carolina. And one of the things I'll tell you is uh, the temperature of the room, quite literally, sometimes in Myrtle Beach. But the second I dip into politics, and I got real light. I came from a time where you don't go heavy into the politics. You right. just kind of do the Johnny Carson poke from a right, distance. Right, right, right. Uh, Those assholes. Obama, <laughs> yeah, yeah, they're all pretty bad, right? We can agree on that. <laughs> During the Obama years, everybody, yeah, no, we I, we agree. The second I mention politics, you can feel assholes tightening in the room because it has gone just since 2016 from a thing that we can all agree that there's, you know, the regular people and the politicians Mm -hmm. to red and blue in a very physical way. I've been threatened. You know, I I I had my life threatened after shows. I had people and I, I am the, you know, on Twitter, I'm very, very liberal in life. When I'm performing, uh, you know, I, I I would probably be yelled at by my liberal friends for being too much of a Clintonian, uh, you right, know, uh, right, neoliberal. Right. Uh, but I I when I perform, I have to, you know, even if I'm going a little bit towards Trump, I have to couch it with, "Hang on, before you get angry, let me get the joke out," because uh, there right. is no greater snowflake in this world, oh, my. than an aggrieved middle-aged Trump fan. Nothing get up at all. It's, there is, it's Rick. They get up. They make a show of leaving. I, you're, how dare you? And they walk out. They want everybody to see. No one did this during the Obama years. I've never had a liberal do it. I've had him send me angry tweets. Sure. I've had him send sure. me angry emails. I never had a liberal walk out in a crying <laughs> like a baby because I made fun of their president. It's ridiculous. <laughs> But it, no, but you you hit something right on the head though. They live in this culture where they being aggrieved and being insulted and saying, "Oh, those elites are looking down yeah. on me." That is their thing. That is their, that's like their definitional thing of who they are. It's all they have. It, it is all it, they have. It really is. I mean, what it, when, it, when I was younger, I I'm white trash on my mother's side. All right, uh, Rick. So uh, I grew up around a lot of aggrieved people. Sure, right? and you can see it's like uh, you know if you're if if you know any Catholics, there's the uh, you know you do the Stations of the Cross. I'm aware the Stations <laughs> the Stations of the aggrieved. You know you see these with the Trump fans. 
I, I know what this is like. It's their lives. You know, Tom Nichols, who I think is a mutual friend of ours, is yes. a guy that will, you know, he talks about the narcissism and the boredom of these people. And you yeah. can see it. It's all about me and there's nothing in my life. So what can I do to generate this anger? And that's all it is. And Trump is the key that unlocks all that bullshit in these people. Sign up to The Economist for in-depth curated expert analysis of world events and topics ranging from business and culture to science and technology. You'll get the weekly digital edition, online-only articles, curated newsletters on politics, the markets, science, culture, and China, and full access to The Economist Podcast Plus. The Economist is independent journalism for independent thinking. Go to economist.com and get your first month free. As a listener to this podcast, you know democracy is in danger in America and beyond. This titanic challenge requires a powerful response. And that's why Resolute Square was founded. The Enemies List is part of the Resolute Square family. We're a pro-democracy network. The Enemies List is just one part of Resolute Square's pro-democracy content and coverage. Our members get particularly exciting benefits. Exclusive live roundtable discussions with me, Reed Galen, Stuart Stevens, and Joe Trippi. In those discussions, you can ask us questions directly, as if you are in the room at a campaign strategy session. In these sessions, we'll give folks answers on how to fight back against the crazy, how to push back against the MAGA media, and how to communicate effectively in the battle for our democracy. We're building a new arsenal for democracy, and we could use your support. Head over to ResoluteSquare.com enemies to let the world know where you stand. The thing that they loved in 16 was that he said to them, I'm going to let you be the asshole you really are. Yeah. I'm going to let yes. you be as I'm, everything that you've been told not to do and say. I'm going to let you do it. And I'm going to tell you, you're right. a great person because of it. I'm going to tell you those other people are trying to hold you back. Um, right. and, and, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to say my liberal friends, Rick, mm -hmm. they, they have to take a little responsibility. Of course here they do. Because they, they took so much pleasure in telling these people how wrong they are all the time mm -hmm. that when that moment of someone saying, no, you're not wrong. They're wrong for saying it to you. That's opened the door to the, all the hatred that came pouring out. And I think I always said to my liberal friends, like, hey, you guys got to get like an ad agency because people like your ideas, but not, they don't like how you tell them your ideas. And after a generation being told how shitty they were, Donald Trump came along and said, I'll be the daddy that tells you you're not shitty. Right. You know, I'll be the stepdad that lets you get the tattoo. Right. And all of a sudden, <laughs> you're my favorite person in the world. Right. I bought you a dirt bike. <laughs> Did your real dad ever do that? No, he didn't. And you don't even make me wear a helmet. Okay, dad, let's go. Jesus. Donald Trump's the dad that brings you to the strip club at 16 and buys you this, you know, lap dance. Donald, goes, Donald, Trump's the, Donald Trump's the dad that tells you that a happy ending isn't something in a movie. <laughs> you, you know, if you roll over and point at the 50, they <laughs> If you clench a hundred dollar bill between your butt cheeks, <laughs> I can't do that anymore because of the Adderall. It's very loose back there. <laughs> Diaper valet. <laughs> you know, I mean, it, it is one thing that my grandmother was a was a was a wild ha wild hair Southern character, and sure. she would say, "You know, son, gallows humor is still the best kind." Yes, and I mean, sometimes yes. I feel like that. Sometimes I feel like with the degree of the shitstorm that this country has been in, that that humor's kind of, 
you know, something I I, I feel like we almost haven't relied on it enough in some ways. Like, yeah, and especially a lot that. of a lot of liberals tend to think like the apocalypse is here and it's awful and there's nothing we can do about it and we should write a policy paper about how bad it is. Whereas, I mean, I I more come from the school of like, fuck it, drive on. Um, right. Yeah. But but I mean, what's your take on that? It's like it's like how. How have you looked at it this whole time as, as a source of like what you're doing for your act or what you're doing for your for your screenwriting or, or or how you take it as part of like you know your overall creative process? I mean, I think that one of the things I love about humor is that if you can boil down a bad thing into a joke, it gives you some control over the bad thing. Because it's no longer this sort of amorphous cloud of negativity that's around you. It is a concrete little joke on a piece of paper that can hopefully make somebody laugh. So, Mm -hmm. you know, Gallo's humor to me is, you know, again, I grew up Catholic. So, you know, my entire life has been, I've been, uh, you know, dangling over the gates of hell since I was two. So, uh, you know what I mean? I feel you, brother. So... The only thing you could do is joke about how hot it is. Right. Uh, so I, I feel like uh, the 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 policy paper aspect of it, the sort of like dry, we, I call them clipboard people. Mm-hmm. They're the people that hold the clipboard and tell you where you like. Whenever I do it a TV appearance, they're like, "You right. got to stand there." Right. And I always go, "But what if I don't stand there?" Right. And they get real nervous. They're like, "Well, no, you have to stand no, that's there." That's your the mark. You have to stand on that, your mark. And I, it's like, yeah, but wouldn't it be funny if I didn't stand on that mark? Everybody would laugh, and you could see the steam coming out of their ears. Uh, I I have come in in later in life to understand that clipboard people and creative people need the need each other. The clipboard people need oh, us yeah. to lighten things up, oh, yeah. and we need them to keep us focused and grounded. So this is why you know, this could, is this is why this is why there's a joke inside the Lincoln Project of Rick is not allowed to do his own scheduling <laughs> ever, exactly, ever, yes. ever. <laughs> yeah, you need somebody that's going to say this is where you are at this time. <laughs> so I I would say to especially you know the the maybe the Elizabeth Warren wing of my party right. Uh, loosen up a little bit. It's okay. We can mm-hmm. make some jokes and have a little bit of joy. It doesn't always have to be a slog. And I think what going back to what you said, part of the appeal of Trump is he's genuinely a pretty funny dude. He can he make is. you laugh. He, you know, it's it's bro humor. It's, right. It's not the clever kind of stuff I like. Right. It's it's but like he, it's like it, it it feels like it came out of like this like Don Rickles nineteen sixties right. fuck you comedy. Right. Which and people laugh at it. Which, Don and, Rickles, whom I refer to as the prophet. Don Rickles. Oh, the, one of the I, I mean, I've been watching. You know, don't tell my wife because she asks what I do all day. Right. It's mostly watch Don Rickles on old Tonight Show episodes. Oh my god! So, just just yeah. a just a and people have asked me like like when you're taking shit down, taking people down on Twitter. I'm like that. I'm purely fucking channeling Don Rickles. Don't even don't <laughs> even play. He's one hundred percent. He is the he's the king. He's the fucking king. But, by, by the way, your uh, Twitter takedowns are some of my favorite things that exist <laughs> on this planet. When you get into a run of just replying to the nine follower guys, right. quote tweeting them, it's like, you know what, guys, stop everything. I'm going to watch Rick for about 20 minutes. This is going to be fun. So. I, you know, I try to discipline myself. It's like junk food for me because right. I, I write all fucking day long. I write all day, every day, just about whether it's. TV scripts for the for for ads or it's you know other materials or it's books. I write all the goddamn time. Right. And once in a while I want to go on there and just like 
like spend 20 minutes, 20 minutes eating the equivalent of a, of a Twitter Twinkie. It's, it's junk food. It is delicious junk food. And every writer in the world will tell you that Twitter, the best part about Twitter is just having it up on the side of your screen <laughs> when you're writing. It's just like, well, I'm tired of writing. This is boring. Let me go do some writing. It's a weird thing. <laughs> How right. writing is a relief from writing. I'll have some it's writing with my writing. writing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's uh so I question for you. You yeah. do a lot of writing. Are you like a solitary, like in a room, you got to like get into a flow state or um, like, cause your schedule is, you know, I, I am, I, I can write. Well, if it's a TV script, if it's an ad script, I will literally blurt it into my phone. It comes out of my brain. Cause I've written, I fuck, I don't know. 2000 ads now in my career, sure. right? Yeah. Th- those things are pretty easy. I do want to sit down when I'm working on an article. Uh, and when I'm working on a book, which I'm working on my third book now, um, like the first two books, I wrote them each in about 90 days because I sat wow. down every day and I said, I'm going to write 2000 words today. And I would write 2000 words or 1500 words. and I'd kill half of it and start over the next day. And it still got me home, you know, in, in that window for an 80,000, 90,000 word book. But I, when I'm writing something like that, I do have to be more thoughtful and quiet. And I have to turn off Twitter and take it off my phone uh, yeah. for a few weeks and, <laughs> sure. and, and, and stay in the zone on that. But, but like an article I can, I can write with the world blowing up around me. I mean, I can, I can, the dogs, well, you can't even hear them now probably, but they're howling like maniacs because they always do. Well, I, I'll just say as somebody who's read both of your books, one of the things that I really do, like there is an authorial voice that you have that is so captured. It's it's sort of you a little heightened, like the regular Rick, a little heightened. I got you. And uh, it's very conversational. It's, I'm a very big fan. Well, of thank that, you. Uh, I really appreciate work. you saying that. I'm uh, I'm at work on a book now about Florida, which is what I'm calling the Petri dish of bad ideas. <laughs> and as a Florida man, as a fifth generation Florida man, I can tell you, I could write a multi-volume uh, series on Florida being the petri dish of shitty ideas. Well, I'll tell you one of the things that's interesting is the guys that come at you. It's this thing it, they do it to me sometimes too. Uh, I, I did an appearance on the NFL Network a few years back, right? And it's one of my favorite things in the world to just have that locked and loaded because they like to come at me and go, "You liberal cucks don't understand real man stuff. You don't right. know stuff like what are you, were you watching ballet while I'm watching football?" And I always like to go, "Oh, well, when I was on the NFL Network talking football." This is uh, what I said. <laughs> right. uh, I get the feeling that the fact that you know you're an outdoorsman, you're a guy that lives in Florida. Yeah. It must be so uh, annoying to these guys that come at you that are like, uh, you know, you're you're such a liberal, and it's like, no, I'm not. I live in Florida. I, right. I, I live I, in I, I, alligator. I, I live in North Florida. Literally, there's an alligator. I kid you not, fifty feet from me right now in the lake. I, my, dealing drugs. Absolutely. Don Jr. is <laughs> outside at the gate trying to get in. Um, but but it's like, people are like, what's your hobby? I'm like, I don't have time for fucking hobbies. I clear brush. I cut down right. trees with a fucking chainsaw. Like, oh, yeah. that's a low T activity. Donald Trump would take them down with just, like, he clapped them between his ass cheeks and the trees would <laughs> fall over. He's got such a powerful stream. Donald go out Don- and... <laughs> He would urinate so powerfully like a fire hose and just take it out. Urination like you've never seen before, (laughs) except on a grainy black and white video from the Moskva Hotel in 1986. (laughs) It might have been me, but I would have had hotter Russian prostitute intelligence agents in my room. If it were me, they would have been knocked out the window from the strength (laughs) of my stream. My prostate looks like I would have impregnated a generation of Republican women (laughs) in Russia. 
I would have ended the Cold War with my hot seed. <laughs> oh, Jesus. <laughs> when I said tear down that wall, I meant something that, was, that came with every young lady. That wall. Do you get it? Epstein did. <laughs> oh, my God. We're going to fucking get canceled. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Listen, I, I was just standing near Rick when he said right. that. I don't know what was going It was on. outrageous, and I was deeply offended. I was just terrified of his horrible temper. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. All right, Jay, thank you so much for being on with us today. Tell us a little bit about what you've got coming up. I know you have the TV show podcast, which That's right. uh, t- is fascinating. Okay. I just I just discovered it when I, we were started talking about this. I was like, "Oh shit, I'm going in this rabbit hole." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so it's uh, I used to go, do a radio show. I used to call in with Angela Cataldi. He's a legend in Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. Uh, when he retired, he said, "Let's do a podcast together." Well, I said it to him, and he said yes. So uh, we do a podcast every week. I have a new movie coming out April 22nd. It's called Her Fiance's Double Life. It's on Lifetime. Spoiler alert, Rick. He's not leading a good one. Oh uh, no, it's a Lifetime movie. Yeah. Wait, no. is there is there a rugged but innocent local guy with a heart of gold? Well, it's a Lifetime movie, so he's a rugged but innocent local guy who murders whenever he's uh, I love that. That, That's my (laughs) kind of heartwarming. That's my kind of heartwarming special. It's a Lifetime movie, so every hot guy is a murderer. Uh, (laughs) If you go to my website, uh, jblack.tv, I got all my stuff on there, and uh, I'd love for you to uh, check it out. And where can we find you on the Twitter machine? I'm Jay Black is funny on Twitter, and you can usually find me in Rick Wilson's replies. So. <laughs> Jay, thank you so much for coming on today, man. This was a lot of fun. Well, let's do this Th- again. Thank you, Rick. It was a thrill of a lifetime. All right, brother. Talk you. to you soon. All right, folks. I'm in a good mood after talking to Jay Black today. But as always, we must name the names on the enemies list and i have two beautiful names for you beautiful names like you've never seen before of the worst pick me tween girls in america in a contest to be who can be the one that donald trump loves the best after that fucker got indicted and we'll talk more about that on a future episode ron DeSantis comes out with this tweet like this is the soros backed DA, echoing all the usual anti-Semitic bullshit tropes that all the other Republicans are doing at the same time. And he says, and we will not att- we will not help extradite Trump from Florida. Okay. All right, Pudgy. Go back to your pudding trough because you're not doing shit. Trump's turning himself in and he would never take your help anyway because he's already defeated you. But this is an example, folks, of just how grotesque the gymnastics are with these people when they feel like they could get some fractional tiny incidental little advantage out of being the biggest Trump suck up in the room. Now, Lindsey Graham, of course, saw Ron DeSantis's tweet and said, hold my pink squirrel. He then comes out saying that Donald Trump should rampage through New York and break windows and rob people because then they'd let him ride out. And I said to Lindsey on Twitter, and it bears repeating here, what the fuck is wrong with you? And she said, what the fuck is wrong with you? John McCain, as my friend Jeff Timmer said earlier today, is somewhere in the afterlife saying, just give me a one-day pass. I just want to go back for one fucking day and beat the shit out of Lindsey Graham. And of the two of them being the most egregious, DeSantis was egregious because it was basically a guy who wants to be president of the United States saying, I don't believe in the rule of law or the system of justice in America. I will block Donald Trump from being indicted, from being extradited from my state. 
you won't because you're a a pussy and b you have no power to do it and c he wouldn't take your help anyway it's a contest between him and Lindsay. i don't know folks i'm gonna give it on a on a just a fraction to Lindsay this week because at least Ron DeSantis didn't come out and, and aggressively endorse engaging in violence Lindsey Graham will probably come back on the enemies list because he really is the worst suck up pilot fish. People call him a pilot fish. Actually, that's the wrong thing. I'm going to rip back into my classical education for five seconds here. In Rome, there were these fish that lived in the outflow pipes of the Roman sewers. They called them liquor fish. And they were basically a, a catfish. And they would sit there and they'd grow enormous on on the waste from Roman sewer pipes. Lindsey Graham is that sewage fish. He will find an effluent valve. Now, once McCain passed on, there was nothing to guide Lindsey, no moral center, no nothing. And so now he will find the most repulsive sewage pipe he can and say that it tastes like beautiful spring water. Lindsey, you're on the enemies list. Get your shit together. You know better. Thanks again for listening to The Enemies List. If you have any comments, questions, or if there's someone you'd like to hear on the podcast, hit me up on Twitter at the Rick Wilson. Thanks again for the wonderful support you've shown the pod. We're growing fast. It really helps if you will share this with your friends, your family, and anyone else who, like us, is trying to save democracy. While you're at it, if you could rate and review the podcast, I would be very much appreciative. I know this is the sort of thing you've heard a billion times. Please rate, review, like, blah, blah, blah but you need to do it. It really does help us a lot. We are slaves to the algorithm, my friends. And if you do this, it will help get the pod out further. Anyway, thanks again for listening. I'll see you next time. And remember, whatever you do, stay off the list.